It's uh, great to be here and it was wonderful to sing praises to the Lord and thanksgiving to the Lord because that's what we'll be speaking about today on this Lord's Day. I'd like you to contemplate just for the moment about what God's will is for your life or what you think God's will is for your life today, this week, this year, for you, your family or for the church family. What is the will of God? We can search for direction. We can seek counsellors. But of course, we're here today because we've come to the font of all wisdom, the Lord Jesus Christ, with some praise to him. He is the one who has made the heavens and the earth, who sustains our life, who causes our heart to beat. He is the one who should receive all the praise and glory forever and ever. Today we'll be looking at a verse, a very, very important verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will. We have much to be thankful for as Christians, don't we? Just think about a few things. The Lord Jesus, who God became man and died a sinner's death for us that we may live. To have victory over sin and death. The hope of the glory, the future glory. Heaven, what a wonderful thought. The working of the Holy Spirit in our life. The conviction of sin. The fellowship of the saints. And of course, we can also praise God for suffering in his name. And when is the last time we thank God for some of those things? He wants our thanks. In the Greek, in everything, give thanks. In everything, very, very short word, and panty in the Greek. And that means in connection with everything that occurs in your life, in all the circumstances that you are confronted with good and bad, blessing and trial, everything that occurs, we're commanded in everything, give thanks. For this is what God wants you and me to do. That's his will in Christ Jesus. A difficult spouse, a medical problem, an unreasonable boss. Many, many years ago, Robin met a young girl of 25 She had cancer, a Christian lady. She had cancer since nine years of age. She lost her leg through cancer. But she loved and praised the Lord all the way through it. She wanted a family. She wanted a husband. She wanted all those things naturally that she would want. And yet she died at 26 years of age with a smile on her face, glorifying and praising God. And that seed was what brought Robin to faith. That seed, that she was obedient to the call of God to praise God and thank God in all things. With the exceptional personal sin, of course, we don't praise God for that. Not at all. The term in Christ Jesus, very, very important. This is not for everybody, this Bible verse. It's for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who are they? 
They're the redeemed. They're those who have repented and turned from sin and turned to Christ. They're the ones who have saving faith. They're the children of God. They're the followers of Christ. So if you're a follower of Christ today, in everything, give thanks, good or bad, today for the Lord. That's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If we go back to verse 16 of the same chapter, it says rejoice always, which means to rejo- rejoicing is appropriate at all times for us as believers. Rejoicing in the Lord and pray without ceasing, persistent and regular prayer to the Lord. And that's the spirit of true worship, isn't it? To rejoice, to pray and to be thankful to God as we did this morning. It's all part of our worship together. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 33, we'll look at Paul and Silas in Philippi preaching the word of God. And they were unjustly accused, they were dragged before the council, they were beaten with rods, fastened in stocks, thrown into the inner prison. What would be your reaction to that if it happened to you? Call the lawyer. What were they doing? We'll pick up the, uh, the verse here, verse 25. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. In everything, they were giving thanks to the Lord for their situation. And the prisoners were listening to them. Very important. The prisoners were listening to them glorifying God. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. And when the jailer had been roused out of sleep and had seen the prison doors open, he drew his sword and about to kill himself, supposing that prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas and after he brought them out, He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's a good question, isn't it? What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. Consider this. If Paul didn't go through the trial and was thrown into the prison, if he was in there grumbling and Cursing God, you know? Were that those events have transpired as the prisons were listing? But they sung praises and hymns to God. And because they obeyed the command to give, give thanks in every situation, God was glorified. Salvation came to the jailer's household. And the Bible says that when one sinner repents, the angels in heaven rejoice. And so there was rejoicing with Paul and Silas, there was rejoicing with the jailer in his household, and also rejoicing in the heavenlies around the throne of God. And what we may see as being a difficult circumstance can be for the glory of God, because God's command says, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, that's what God wants us to do. There's a man called Dr. Ridley. And uh, he was um, burned at the stake back in the 1550s. 
He sent a letter to his friends before he went to the stake to be burnt. He said, I warn you all, do not be ashamed of my death. I think it the greatest honour of my life and thank God for calling me to give my life for his sake and his cause. He gave the same honour to the holy prophets, his dear beloved apostles and his blessed chosen martyrs. I have no doubt that I am dying for God's cause and the cause of truth. Having a heart willing to stand for Christ to the death is an inestimable and honourable gift from God, given only to the true elect and dearly beloved children of God and inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. All of you that love me should rejoice that I, a sinful and vile wretch, was called to give up this temporal life in defence of his eternal everlasting truth. And that's what Dr Ridley did. We live in a thankless world, do we not? I work amongst a lot of thankless people. I make lots of money, lots of holidays, but they're very, very thankless. The world blames God, but they say they don't believe in him. So you can work that one out yourself. Maybe never our nature to blame God. We we should be the happiest, most joyful, thankful people on earth to the glory of God. Remember what Jesus said, make your light shine upon men so they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Every time you receive food or get a food bill or electricity bill or a water bill, just remember that God doesn't send an invoice to anybody. He's given us all freely for us to enjoy. The word says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. And what sort of price could you put on the sun? It says in Matthew 5, Jesus said, He, God the Father, causes his son, S-U-N, fair claim it is his, to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. The sun stops, we all die. But God in his mercy continues to bless those, even those who curse him. Such is the love of God. In scripture, the angels in heaven rejoice day and night around the throne of God. Thanksgiving offerings were given by the the Israelites. The prophets thanked and praised the Lord. The psalmist, as we saw this morning, thanked and praised God. The apostle Paul thanked God for the believers in the churches for his salvation The Lord Jesus Christ thanked his father when Lazarus was raised from the dead. The feeding of the 5,000, he thanked his father. The Lord's Supper, the Lord thanked his father that he could go to the cross for you. So when you give thanks for the cup, bear that one in mind that he was willing to do that for you and for me. To die a sinner's death takes sin for us so that we may be set free. Harry Ironside, the Canadian theologian, said, We would worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. So, why should we be thankful? God commands us to be thankful. Paul says to the Ephesian church, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to to one another in psalms, 
hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things. There's the thanks for all things again. In the name of, in Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father. And Paul says, saying, don't be unwise, don't be foolish, redeem the time. Understand what the will of the Lord is. The word dissipation means the separation of the elements. It means like putting salt in water, it, becomes, it loses its saltiness. Don't be drunk with wine. If you become unsalty, you're no good to the fellowship. You're no good to God. You're no good, you, don't, you won't give God glory. And so don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Walk in the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Yield to the will of God. And Paul knows what it's like to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, because why? That's what happened in prison, wasn't it? All right? So he's, he's doing, he did what he said he's going to do. Making melody with your heart to the Lord, glorifying God. It's all about the Lord. Giving thanks for all things, good and bad. Many, many years ago, our young daughter, Melanie, I mean, she was one. We, we went through a whole lot of trials over several months. We were at a friend's house just to relax. When we were just sitting in the lounge room, our little daughter, blue-eyed, beautiful thing, about one and a half, I think she was, she walked into their kitchen. They are making coffee and tea, and they had these really low benches for some reason, and she, she poured boiling water on her face. Anyway, long story short, she went to Sydney, uh, to a hospital in Sydney, and she got a herpes infection in half her face and she had a really high fever and she was going down very, very fast and we were praying, had the church praying. We got to a point where Robin, had this, Robin said, we just need to hand her to God and say, Lord, we thank you in all things. We thank you. We hand her to you. Your will be done. If you take her, you take her. If you, if you give it back to me, that's great. But it doesn't matter. In all things, I'll praise you. At that time, the peace of God came upon us. The next day, the fever broke and healing commenced because we handed our daughter <clears throat> over to God. God to be the glory had nothing to do with us. All glory goes to the, to the Father. Praise God for that. And so God commands us to be thankful Thankfulness acknowledges the sovereignty of God. Let your forbearing witness be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ. The forbearing spirit, be a gentle and patient witness. Remember, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses in this world, aren't we? And they're watching us. And we require a gentle, okay, a gentle and patient witness. The Lord is near. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is near. But in everything, by everything, by prayer and asking God with thanks, be made to God. And the peace of God, the peace here is a peace that transcends the, the human intellect. It's the peace that the martyrs have. They can stand in the fires while they're burning at the stake 
and lift up their hands to God. And so many accounts say it didn't appear they had any pain. Because they had the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Jesus said, the peace I give to you, I'm not to give you as the world's peace, but I give you my peace. And such is the glory and faithfulness of God. And so, to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, it's a military term to keep watch, to keep watch over us. Guard our heart and guard our mind. And so we acknowledge God's sovereignty, we acknowledge his authority over our life, and we are not to be anxious. And we can praise God for that, can't we? But do we believe that, though? Do we believe that? That's the important thing, isn't it? Do we believe in our heart what the word says? We should. Thankfulness glorifies God. For all things are for your sakes, says Paul to the Corinthians, that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. There's the all things again. The trials, the good times, the bad times, the hardships. That's causing all those trials. That's causing the gospel to spread to the glory of God. Have you seen a new Christian when they come to Christ? Hey, the, the, the thanksgiving just gushes out of their mouth. Their heart is full of the joy of the Lord. And all those, all those prayers and thanksgivings ascend to the throne of God. It abounds to the glory of God. For all things are for your sakes, for your account. And so when you're going through a trial, they're for your account. God has seen you worthy to go through those trials or go through those blessings or go through those situations to give glory to him. A thankful heart recognises God's goodness. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected. If it is received with gratitude, gratitude, with thanks, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. Remember when God created the heavens and the earth, he said it was good. It was good. Made the animals, made the plants, it was good. Praise God for that. The, the sign of the apostasy of the last days is abstaining from foods that God has given to us to enjoy. That's part of the apostasy of the last days, as we read in 1 Timothy 4.3. The word of God says we have permission, permission to, uh, to partake in what God has created. And also with prayer, thanks God, thank you, I praise your name, thank you for your provision. Think of the food that's in our fridge. We're not lacking, are we? Not lacking at all. Thanksgiving is a common part of worship. A common part of worship. As we did this morning. We praise God. The angels in heaven praised the Lord. They fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. These are the elders, the angels, the living creatures in heaven saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving, thanking God around the throne of God, power and might to be for our God forever and ever. When Paul addressed an issue of tongues in the church in Corinth, he says, If you bless in the Spirit only, how will you one who fills the place of the ungifted say the Amen at your giving of thanks? So in Corinth, they were giving of thanks as part of their normal service, as we do. 
since he does not know what you are saying. For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being edified. So give thanks in plain language so everyone can be edified. So the church in Corinth was giving thanks to God. A thankful heart reflects godly gratitude. We have a lot to be grateful for, don't we? Are we grateful to suffer shame for the name of Christ as the apostles were? Our work at play between family and members. My family don't, don't know the Lord. You know, my family, my brothers and sisters don't know the Lord. That's not easy. Paul says, I count all things as rubbish that I, have may, that I may have Christ. It says here, Colossians 2, 6, says, You have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted, and now being built up in him. You're maturing in the Lord, established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing in gratitude. Gratitude. Being grateful people. Grateful people. And we know that God causes all things. There's the all things again. It comes up a lot, doesn't it? All things to work together for good to those who love God. Do you love God? To those who are called according to his purpose, not my purpose or your purpose, but God's purpose. So we can be grateful for that, that under the authority of God, like we can be safe to know that uh, God causes all things to work together for good. Amen. We see in Acts, so they departed from the presence of the council, the apostles did, rejoicing that they were found, were, grant, were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. For his name. What about the fallen world? Are they grateful to God? An unthankful heart typifies fallen humanity, doesn't it? I work with people who have everything, everything that the world may offer, but they don't have Christ, and they're so ungrateful. At 8,000 feet flying along, I just have to turn my radio down sometimes because they just don't stop. Okay? Ungrateful people, surrounded by ungrateful people. Romans 121, for even though they knew God, well, how did they know God? Through creation, in Romans 1.20, through their conscience, that God's invisible attributes, his divine power, was made known to them. They knew God with their head. They did not honour him as God or give thanks to him. But they, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was dark. And very sad, isn't it? The heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. And God, of course, judged ingratitude in the wilderness, did he not? When the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, miraculously, the ten plagues of Egypt, through the Red Sea, the Red Sea parted, around that went on, through on dry ground. The Egyptian army was destroyed. God gave them food and water in the wilderness. But it says here, they were in the day of verse 2, they are, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me as in the day of trial in the wilderness. It goes down that the, and saw my works for 40 years. I was angry with this generation. And the last verse there, they shall not enter my rest due to unbelief. Tragic, 
tragic. So out of all the people who left uh, Egypt, we had um, Joshua and Caleb in the promised land. And those are under 20 years of age. Those over 20 years of age all perished in the wilderness. And Moses saw the land but didn't enter. How sad. What about the Lord Jesus? We're here today to centre on him, are we not? On his grace and mercy for us. Jesus prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that the Son may glorify thee. As the Lord was going to the cross, he prayed to his Father that his Father would receive the glory in the Godhead and the, and the, and the Son would receive the glory by going to the cross, that the whole Godhead would be glorified through becoming sin for us. The hour has come. The Son glorified the Father. The Father glorified the Son. And our job is to glorify God. So Jesus is doing what we're supposed to do. Father, he prayed, If thou art willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but thine be done. Asking for his Father to remove the cup of going to the cross. But no, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Your will be done. Do we say, Lord, your will be done. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And Jesus took the cup of the last... Supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave thanks for the cup. He gave thanks to his, for his death upon the cross of Calvary. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He had given thanks for what he was going to do for you and for me to become sin for us on Calvary's cross. That we will be free from sin and death. In Hebrews, the writer says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Now let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. And so Jesus, the author of our faith, he died for our sin, that we can have a relationship by faith. And yet he's also the perfecter of our faith, and we often perfect it through trials, right? Through trials. For the joy set before him endured the cross. The Lord Jesus had a joy for what it would accomplish for you and for me. Is that good or what? Is that a wonderful thought? We can praise God for that. That he was joyous for what it would accomplish. Accomplished, despising the shame, the sin, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He took his sin, took our sin upon him. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So if we're in Christ Jesus, we can give thanks to God in all things. The Lord Jesus gave thanks to God in all things. Watchman Nee said, uh, I saw this thing this morning, it does not matter what your personal deficiency or whether it be 101 different things, God is always one sufficient answer, his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he is the answer to every need. Every need. What can hinder joy, prayer and thanks? Doubt. I pray but I don't believe. God can't pull it off, can he? 
It's too hard for God, maybe, in your mind. Selfishness, my will, not God's will. I'm on the throne, not God. Worldliness, the love of the world, the infatuation, the trivial pursuits of your life can drown out the word. A critical spirit. It's easy to have a critical spirit these days. There's so much information available. You can always find fault with someone or something. But a critical spirit is destructive. Bitter, negative, sour attitude that we can take on sometimes for those who criticise everything. I'm sure you've seen them. People who are very negative and and critical. Impatience. Instant gratification. I want it now, Lord. I don't want to wait. Rebellion. Anger with God. Things didn't work out the way I thought they should have. Not happy with your life and it's all God's fault. The Galatians says... The fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The things on the left-hand side, they're dealt all the way through to rebellion. It's all flesh, isn't it? It's all the flesh that wars against the spirit. We want to be under the hand of God and allow the spirit of God that's indwelling us to be continually at work in our life. As Paul says, if we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. If we do that, doubt will be replaced with faithfulness, selfishness with love and kindness, worldliness with self-control and faith. And these all overlap, don't they? Joy, peace, love and faith will cover critical spirit, patience to win patience, and gentleness and goodness and patience for rebellion. And so there we have it. And so I exhort you this morning to give thanks to God for everything. That's his will for you in Christ Jesus. And although you may go through trial, and I remember a situation where our son was going through depression for many years, we had to hand him over to God because Robin and I couldn't be, couldn't be there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We couldn't be there. He was elsewhere. We had to ask God to hedge him in and protect him. Although he wasn't believing at the time, we handed our son over to God. And I exhort you today, to, if there's a big problem in your life, we're well, all going through the midst of trial right now, Go to the one who says to give thanks in everything because that's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we just give you thanks and praise for this day, Lord. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the food we're about to eat. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the, the Holy Spirit that convicts us and teaches us, Lord. We thank you for your patience in our life. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And Lord, we just... Give you thanks and praise for all these things. We, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, you are a great God, a patient God, a merciful God. And we give you thanks and praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.